You are welcome to the We Don't Play radio station, podcast station, easy to listen station, and I'm excited to bring an amazing guest. It's amazing to always bring people to the amazing podcast because that's where you guys actually get to enjoy and I noticed that you guys enjoy the conversation. So today there's another one for you and I'm humbled to be you know, given the time to speak with Dr. Angela, it's it's a pleasure connecting with you today. How are you? I'm well. Thanks for having me, Faber. I appreciate it. You're welcome. You're welcome. I was trying to say the last name, but I was like, I don't want to mess it up. <laughs> <laughs> it's Mulrooney. The L and the R together are brutal. Even I am tired of like, I can't even say my last name. <laughs> Oh, it's a pleasure connecting with you, Dr. Mulrooney. It's 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 really really good. And when you hear the name Mulrooney, people will be like, "Where is that?" Because I know Rooney. And when you think about Mul, it's like, "Oh, there's they know Mulan, they know." So it's like people can really think outside the box, but they can't really go back to the center, which is the focus and the the actual example and explanation. So it would be great if people get to know about you, what you do, and they can connect the dots for themselves too. Yeah, this is amazing. Tell me more about you, what you do, and just let our listeners know what they're going to expect for the next few minutes. So I used to be a dentist. That's where the doctor part comes in. Okay. Um, I had built a practice. It was a unique brand in the marketplace because it was one that catered to people who were afraid of the dentist. And I built this really cool brand. I had an amazing team. I had amazing patients, amazing facility. And then I got injured. And so everything just kind of crumbled around me as I had to figure out what I was going to do with the rest of my life uh, because I wasn't going to be able to drill on my patients anymore. So I kept on for a couple of years, kept the practice, and then realized with the people that I was having to have in place for me, um, the brand kind of got ruined because they didn't want to deal with those people who were scared of the patients, scared of the dentist. They didn't want to do the extra hand-holding. So I decided to sell the practice took a year off um, away from dentistry and opened my professional dance company and just used that to try and heal and kind of get over the loss because I'd wanted to be a dentist since I was two. So at 32, that was a big dream that just kind of went up in smoke. And and so it took that year, started to realize, you know, I've been through some really crappy things, but it was useful for other people. So I started to build my next brand, which was Unleashing Dentistry's Potential. So teach dentists. Know how to find your passion in the industry and how to niche your brand into exactly that. So I took to LinkedIn, started talking about what I knew about branding, niching, dental practice, and people started to go, "Who are you? Like, where did you come from?" Because I went from 200 to 12,000 industry followers on LinkedIn in a year, and so people were like, "You know, if you can do that for you, coming out of like as a brand new consultant, you can build that that fast. Can you do that for me?" So I was like, okay, I'll just do this as a side project, see if I can duplicate what I've done for myself. And it worked. And so I started to build out Unleashing Influence, which is my personal branding agency. And during the pandemic, um, my dance company went up in smoke (laughs) because we weren't allowed to gather. Uh, The dental coaching company kind of came to a grinding halt because dentists were just trying to survive. And then the personal branding company just had a fire lit underneath it and it grew exponentially. Um, we went from two and a half full-time to 14 full-time team members in that first 10 months of the pandemic because everyone was just coming and going like, I need help with my LinkedIn, I need help with my personal brand, I need to get myself out there. And so it grew massively. Um, 
And then I suddenly realized I hated what I built. And so I decided to divest. Um, we called it throwing a match over my shoulder and burning down. What I didn't, uh, what I was doing that was good so I could build that. What I was doing that was great. So I sold the dance company, I sold the mental coaching company, and I sold off the agency part with all the people that I had to manage from Unleashing Influence and just honed in on what I do now, which is teaching media mastery through personal brands. This is, oh my goodness. This is mind blowing because someone's listening to this and they're like, I've been doing something for the last 30 years. 20 years, 10 years, 5 years, 2 years, and in one year I've been able to achieve this, but in the last 30 years, what have I been able to show my worth, my time, my evaluation, my experience, and that's a really good niche, and you call it a niche because people can tap into that niche, and you can find it at a macro scale because everybody has their own personal brand, so you don't worry about what their brand is you pretty much take care of what their brand needs to look like. And that changes the dynamic. Instead of you thinking about the technical stuff and what they do, you look at the overarching like result and then navigate that through your data-driven solution. So I, I really love the master you've built for that. You're welcome. Media communications is, is very interesting. Like for me, I have a background with media and communications and also with peace and conflict you know business administration entertainment business and when you think about the areas that people focus on branding especially now that everybody's online it's a different ball game it's a different thing on its own because now if someone wants to access your link and they can't because you don't have it accessible then you can build that connection and sometimes people don't even need to do much. They just have to put it out there. And when people say put it out there, it's so cliche. So tell us more about how people struggle from that point of understanding this is my fear zone, this is my comfort zone, this is my growth zone, zone, and this is where I need to be now in the next year or two. Let's start with the comfort zone. Uh, most people's comfort zone is just honestly like, I'm going to hide my head in the sand and pretend that I don't need to do this whole thing called <laughs> getting out there and creating video content. Right. And it's changing. We know all the algorithms on the different platforms are changing. They're favoring video content. The way that we are consuming information has gone to video content as well. So this isn't something that's like five years, 10 years out there that professionals and entrepreneurs need to get on board with. It is here. It is now. And Part of the reason people want to consume video is because they want to actually get a feel for the person behind the brand, right? And if you're just snapping selfies or just putting out this perfect corporate content, it's really static and it doesn't give anyone really a great sense of who you are. But when someone can see you on camera, they can feel you, they can feel your energy and your passion. That's where we really start to win. So you need to get out of that little stick our head in the sand comfort zone and start getting into that fear zone which is when all the lovely little gremlins on your shoulders start coming out and telling you that no one's gonna listen to what you have to say. You know, someone's gonna steal what you're thinking about. Maybe they're just gonna hate your content. And the truth is all those things could happen. They can happen. But if you don't put yourself out there and someone else with the same idea does, who's gonna get credit for that knowledge? Mm -hmm. Not the person who hits their head in the sand. It's the person who puts themselves out there. and. You know, there's no new ideas under the sun, but 
your experience, your expertise, your passion, your personality is going to be able to support what you're putting out there in a unique way, even if it's the same thing as someone else is saying. So that's how we pull out of the fear and start getting onto the execution side. Now that execution side de- determines a strategy. It actually factors in experience. It, it validates tests testing people don't really test their products you know when you think about it the the big names you know we think about all these amazing products that you see they test it they go to a market they test it so why is it that people that are trying to do the same thing don't just try to skip that step thinking that that step doesn't it's not essential well i think the services industry and like i come from the healthcare industry where even a decade ago really you put your shingle up people will come. Um, so there hasn't have, had to be that science behind what people were doing, but we now have so much science to support what we're doing and looking at, you know, I'm going to do this versus this and which one is going to work better. Let's look at the numbers. Um, and I think a lot of people from science backgrounds, it's really quite funny. They're the most resistant to looking at the analytics and looking at what is actually working because that's what they had to do in school. It's part of what they do in their day-to-day basis, but it's not something that they want to do after hours to try and grow their business. But our world has changed. It's become super competitive. And so we do actually need to look at what is working and not just go by, oh, I feel this is what I should be doing, or I feel that content worked really well. Let's look at the hard numbers, which sometimes don't feel that nice to look Mm -hmm. at. And you're like, oh, I thought that was going to really be amazing. And no one engaged with it, or not the right type of people engaged with it. Um, but if we can actually take that opportunity to look at it, then we can go, okay, why did this work better than this one? And what can I do with that content that worked well and take it to the next level? How can I keep improving that? But unless you're actually looking at what the numbers are telling you, you're only taking a wild guess as to why things are working and what you should be actually doing to elevate. I believe that too, because your persistence in consistency starts to build that resilience and that tenacity that when people think about your experience they're like he had to go through that she had to go through this and it now makes them actually value you and appreciate you that whole no like trust factor is so like thrown it's like yeah no like trust no like trust value but it's like do i really know you am i able to trust you with information you're telling me and do i like what you're saying because it makes sense because if something doesn't make sense it wouldn't make any sense to me because i'm not the topic i'm not the discussion i'm not the audience i'm not the i'm not the person i'm not the ideal client avatar so when do people get out of that comfort zone and look up and be like okay i don't want to put my head in the sand i want to dive in this ocean and go deep (laughs) how how do they see that visually from that impact that they create for themselves Um, Well, it it can take a long time. Like when the pandemic hit, I had people who had been speaking for 30 years from the stage come to me and they're like, I have to deliver these webinars. I'm talking to a camera. I have no interaction with an audience and I suck. And I'm like, that seems almost impossible to me when you've been so charismatic and on stage and you're well known. But that difference of having people to interact with, like having a sales conversation with someone sitting across from you or sitting on a stage or on a panel, is very different than sitting and talking to a camera and trying to be engaging. And so we have to get rid of those voices in our head and realize we're doing this to help people. We're not doing this for the narcissistic thing of like, look at me, how amazing am I? 
we're trying to help people to elevate their own lives. We're trying to help our customers between when we see them and when we see them next. And if we can think of it that way and remove that idea that we're going to be narcissistic, that's one of the biggest barriers I find is people, that is what their biggest fear is. I'm going to appear narcissistic and people are gonna think I'm a jerk. And let's be honest, the people who are worried about appearing narcissistic aren't the ones who are usually gonna appear narcissistic because that's not even in their blood. Um, but there's ways that we can frame the content in a way that helps them to not even appear narcissistic. So not talking from, I do this, I do that, I, 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 go from, I help clients with this and this is how I help them and give them those tools, give them some tips and tricks that they can walk away from the content and be able to utilize that in their own life so that they, they get a taste of what it would be like to actually use your service. And then they'll get to the point where, you know, they've done it for themselves, they've watched enough videos and then they go, okay, yeah, I've got the microscopic view of this, but the microscopic isn't there because you're not going to give that away on your content. So that's when they come back to you and go, okay, I've, I've been using what you're using. I love what you put out there and I need you now to help me to go deeper with it. And it is, it's a long-term tactic. It's not like instant win. You have to keep putting it out there and let people get to know you and trust you so that they actually want to come back to you. Yeah, I think so too. It starts to create a difference in, in dynamics. Because when you're talking about this, I'm thinking in terms of SEO, because that's what um, I really specialize in as well as in a, as a different vertical. And I see that it's very specific. It's like, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I found. And this is how I'm going to get it. And then when you get it, you apply it, you leave a review. Oh, this was the greatest product. This was the greatest service. And you're speaking out of your truth. So the person reading it that has never interacted with you starts to have an idea of what it would be like if they're with you like this. So that's why when you like you want to meet your favorite celebrities or your favorite mentors, you're like, oh, this because you've been speaking like this for a long time. I feel like I've learned from uh, outside looking in. And now I want to now look in and then look outside, seeing a difference in how I'm able to you know, create those parameters for my business. So I think another thing is body language and gestures and you know like since you know you think about the dentistry like how do you smile and your posture people don't like to take pictures if there's imposter syndrome so how do they deal with all this stuff so that they don't think about those things and just be themselves yeah being yourself is is much more complicated than it sounds <laughs> for most people because a lot of times they're trying to hide those imperfections that they perceive themselves and it's funny with professionals, they have this weird perception that they have to be a professional, but what does being a professional actually mean? And if you get on your content and you're trying to be perfect and you're trying to just like fit in this box of what professionalism is, you're gonna be boring to watch. So we actually need to let our personality, we need to let our passion come out. But before we can actually do that, we need to understand why we're doing what we're doing. Um, and a lot of people are like, get to your why. Well, I wanna actually, Besides like what my why of being in the world and what I'm trying to do to change the world, I want to know what someone's intrinsic motivation is because oftentimes they'll, if I do a questionnaire with them, they list all these extrinsic factors of why they're trying to do what they're doing. And what I find is most people have a little puzzle inside them that they're trying to solve. And they're trying to solve that by helping other people. And once they realize that, then it becomes easier for them to create content as well because they're trying to help people to solve their problems, which will reflect on them solving their own. And that intrinsic motivation, it's not narcissistic. It's really just trying to figure out why you're here, 
what, what you're trying to achieve in this lifetime. Once they get that, then it becomes easier to start telling their brand story and start explaining why they're doing what they're doing, who they want to help, why they want to help them, why they are here today, where did they come from, and where do they actually want to go. But until they acknowledge that intrinsic stuff, it's really hard to build a story that they feel congruent with that they feel that they can put themselves out there and say it over and over again without giving themselves the icks. And if they're giving themselves the icks, they're giving their audience the icks as well because we can feel when things are incongruent and then we lose trust. Mm. And that trust is a big factor. And so it's, it, it's really important because that if you don't trust someone, you're not going to trust them with your time, your resource, your energy, even thinking about what you're thinking about. So it's very different and i think that's when people start to start thinking outside the box with thinking in mind and also still creating those processes that are getting them easier out of that comfort zone and into that different space so you know people have different online meetups there's virtual there's social audio now people are a little more expressive on audio you know and video is also a thing people are also trying to get out of their shell it's getting better for them and i came to realize that when people have seen you online for so long by the time they actually see you in person it feels even better because it's like i've been talking to you and i'm looking forward to meeting you so how can they apply that with that attention in mind well just even just trying to think about how you normally would talk like a lot of people will talk with their hands right and when they get on camera, they want to hide it because they want to be perfect, right? And so figuring out how you can naturally bring that stuff to it and be intentional with it. Like we see people who are just trying to emphasize every single thing and they look, <laughs> play them fast forward. This is what's happening with their hands. Yeah. Um, and it's really awkward to watch, but program it, like practice it until you're comfortable actually using your hands for that emphasis. Practice it. You know, you can set a script for the first few ones and be like, okay, this is where I could have some physical emphasis. This is where I could use the space on the camera differently. This is how I can use my intonation differently to emphasize a point, right? And so you're not gonna be natural right off the bat. Most people aren't, right? It takes a long time to be creating content, to get comfortable sitting with a camera and be yourself because it's not natural to just talk to yourself. Um, but the more you practice it, the, the easier it gets and then once you've, I would say, choreographed it for a while, then you will find it'll just start to flow. But it does take time. You have to practice it. When I work with clients, I'm working with them for 90 days and they're like, oh, this content creation is gonna be easy. And the stuff I'm asking them to do, to use their body, to use their voice differently, to use the space differently, there's a lot of thinking that has to happen while still being that smarty pants that they are while they're trying to convey that information. And we're trying to convey that information in short little tidbits that's clear to their audience, getting them out of that technical jargon, getting them down to the level of their clients. So there's a lot of moving pieces to creating amazing content, but it's just going to take practice, just like everything else we do in our life. Yeah. And that practice makes perfect, but you're not always perfect because you keep improving. <laughs> it's, it's so different, you know, wordings, phrasing, you know, emphasizing. These are things that people are very focused on bringing to that forefront without having to be so specific or too ambiguous about it so how can you say that okay take for example somebody comes to you and says hey i need help with my 
personal branding and this is what I need to do is their amount of time that they have to start thinking about okay I have three months to do this I have six months to do this I have five years to do this what do they start thinking about because that planning also is very important to their success honestly most people are like I want to get out there right now and you know there's a lot of advice out there saying just start well if you're putting yourself out on a platform like LinkedIn it's a platform full of smarty pants right you are putting your reputation out there by putting yourself out there so you don't want to just be throwing spaghetti against the wall and hoping something sticks you want to get organized and understand what you're about what you're trying to put out there um, because most people don't do that and so their brand becomes very confusing when they start putting out content because it's all over the place you know they're talking about this and then it feels like they're talking about something completely different over here and so I suggest like sit down, get organized, work with a, someone who can help you to think about it, whether it's a friend or if it's someone like me who can help you to really organize your brand and understand what that foundation is so that as you start putting it out there, it is organized, it is congruent with who you are, it is making sense to what you're trying to convey in your brand because it's really easy to get off track, especially if you don't have a plan. So make a plan for at least six months um, what are the pieces of content you're going to create so that there is actually a through line with everything that you're doing and everything that you put out there starts to fit together. So if I watch one video and then I watch another video, those two fit together. I don't feel like these are from two different companies or two different people. The, the thought behind it actually makes sense when we're actually looking at those two different pieces from two different pieces, two different points in time. Hmm. Six months. That's a great start. So people are going to listen to this and be like, okay, this is a new year. This is, this is something that we're about to get into. Now I have six months to do this. And I know I had a resolution last year, but maybe Our this goal year has always been so the ultimate How can they start we changing offer the today best internet just for the little Canadian families with no contractor commitment or waking up an unlimited internet speed. sleeping a little Plus, later by a seven-day trial tasks and 100% refund early bird, whatever you want to do, you know, like that late night or early morning factor is very important to how you do your day. Even when you think about success, people, successful people, 4 a.m., 5 a.m., 6 a.m., by 9, 10, they're done with 50% to 70% of the work. So, but people can do it that way because it's not the same for everyone. So we have to respect that. So how do they fit that in without being too extensive? Honestly, even just taking 15 minutes a day, and writing some stuff out about what your brand is about. Writing stuff out about some of the content that you want to create. Trying to create a video and then stepping back from it and looking at it later in the day and going, that was awkward or that was amazing or what parts of it were amazing and how can I do that better? So that you're getting those repetitions in because you can't just expect to show up and be great, right? You have to practice, especially if you haven't been used to creating content. If you haven't been used to writing, if you haven't been used to talking about what you're doing, then you have to give yourself that opportunity to grow and get comfortable with it because when we're learning something new, we're all awkward, right? And if you don't give yourself that opportunity to get comfortable and then become masterful at it, then you're never gonna actually put anything out there because it's gonna be too uncomfortable. You're gonna look at things and go, ooh, 
I wish that had never hit the internet. <laughs> and uh, that's the best way to stop before you even start. Right. <laughs> that's a great way to put it. Because now people are like, eh, I'm going to try again. Or wait, let me let me pause. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a good thing because it's not like you're perfecting it for people. You're perfecting it for yourself. Because when people now see it, they now feel like, okay, I remember when you were at this point, now you're doing this, now you're doing that. So it's like, okay, I can see the growth and that takes time, like you said. So those six months may take six years of profit to yield plus more if you have the right connections, you have the right characteristics because people are going to be looking at those things as well and how you articulate yourself. So with personal branding... Let's talk about color for a bit. Now, personal branding has a lot to do with color, a lot of emails, a lot of, you know, social media posts. There are so many things that drive in color palettes. So if these are things that people don't think about, which they should when they're actually planning that, which is not really, I won't say it's primary, it's debatable, but it's essential because that's what people are going to use to identify and color is really impactful when it comes to you know messaging so how does that play a role in their branding so that they feel that they're personally connecting with the people they want to connect with so when i think about color i want to understand their archetype first because if your favorite color is blue there's lots of ways we can express blue and it depends on really what you how you interact with the world if you're someone who's very innocent and trying to create purity and simplicity in the world you're probably going to use a baby blue Right? You're not going to use a harsh, like, navy blue. But if you're someone who is a ruler, you're very dominant, you are someone who is trying to take control and create order in the world, then that navy blue might be more appropriate for you. So I always put people through brand archetyping. There's, there's 60 archetypes in business. There's 12 big ones. And once we understand what that is about, then we can start creating a color palette that reflects that. Um, oftentimes what I see is someone just decided to put all these colors together and actually I was working with a client recently and he's a rebel with a ruler so rebels are like disruptive and breaking things and you know holding a mirror up to the world and asking why are you doing it that way and his website looked like it was a commercial for Dove because it was all these baby wow. colors it was very simple the pictures were like that as well and I was like okay. dude what are you doing <laughs> this doesn't reflect who you are at all so if I went and met him like He's very straight talking. He sometimes says things inappropriate. I'm like, your website doesn't reflect that. So we need to get those colors reflecting who you are so that when they meet you and or they see the content that you're putting out now, it makes sense from the website. And it doesn't mean the website has to be offensive. It just means the website colors have to have that dominance that he brings so that people are expecting that when they meet him versus the dumb commercial that is currently his website. <laughs> I love how you put it because now people can see, oh, that's cute. Oh, I, yeah, I can take some time, you know, I can spend 30 minutes here, you know, but instead of spending two minutes, you're like, this is the action. This is what we need to do. It's like it starts to change the reaction that people actually create for themselves and interact with you. The wording, the copy, the SEO, the infographics, you know, the imagery, you know, those are things that people are going to remember. Oh, I love that commercial because that that really made sense, you know. But if you do a commercial, you're like, yeah, okay. And there are many. So you have to really sift them out and know exactly what am I really doing and why am I doing it this way so that these colors can blend in and people feel like, oh, okay, I can help you do this. And that actually helps you feel like, 
you're in that kind of space and then you wonder oh now i see why people are reacting better because i changed the hue i changed the code the hex code so it's very different but they don't see it that way but i'm so glad that you even mentioned about the archetypes i know people are wondering what archetypes now we got something else to talk about <laughs> so <laughs> like another one <laughs> Could you tell us more about that just in brief? Like you could probably say the top four and then let them do their research and compare that because that way at least they can have an understanding of what this means and where they are so they don't feel like they're behind the curve or ahead of, you know, what they're supposed to be instead of just focusing on what's happening now. So archetypes are they're kind of like these little boxes. Now, with me being a rebel, like putting me in a box to feel very uncomfortable, but they're these little boxes that are really human personalities. They've existed through time. We see them in mythology, you see them across cultures, you see them across generations. So it's not stuff that is just applicable to our generation right now. This is very historical. And what it does is it allows you to understand how you interact with the world. And before I understood what brand archetyping was, I was doing that throwing spaghetti against the wall and hoping something stuck. And once I understood what my archetype was, it was like, oh, okay, here's the words that really represent how I think. You know, because you can express one thing 60 different ways if you choose to, but if you want to make it so that you are creating that congruency between your website, between your content, between your sales conversations, developing that verbiage is actually really important. And it's not making it contrived or anything like that. It's, it's just, you know, if you explain things the same way in different scenarios, then you become trustworthy. When we see you speaking a completely different way over here versus over here, that becomes, there's that incongruency that makes people go, who is this person that I'm dealing with? Mm. Can I actually trust them? Because it feels like they're talking two different ways. It feels like I'm talking to two different people. So that part of it really helps. It also helps you to understand what your strengths are in the market and use those, right? and also your fears and also your weaknesses. So a lot of people aren't gonna fit into just one box, right? So there's 12 big boxes. You may have a combination of a couple, you may have a dominant, subdominant, and one that you pull in every once in a while. And sometimes you are in different times of your life, in different conversations or different uh, types of parts of your marketing, you may pull out one more than the other. But understanding what that actually is helps you to market better um, because then you can actually humanize your brand. So it's not just about creating that perfect logo, that perfect tagline, those perfect colors. It's the human behind the brand that people are actually trying to connect with. And if you don't understand who the human is or the humans in your company that are representing the brand, then it's really hard for the market to understand as well. Yeah. Yeah. That definitely resonates with a lot of people because it now makes them feel like now I'm focusing on the people and not just what's in front of my computer or what kind of font this looks like because that's going to change at some point but the words that are coming out of that font that phrasing that emotion with powerful words you know making sure that people understand it it's easier and that way it feels like oh so if i'm asking you a question and your response is by liking it or by sharing it or by commenting or by emailing it now makes that conversation like i asked you a question and it wasn't rhetorical so it's a good way to put it and i appreciate you you know giving us that mindset now for you now when you think about it for your goals your businesses especially now with the way 
things are becoming more digital and more engaging and more you know revealing to help people really get to those audiences that they want to be in what is that goal looking like for your business you know from a macro scale you know boiling it down to the micro scale so from the macro scale with having divested recently and now just focusing on exactly what i'm doing all i'm trying to do is reach more people and linkedin for me is by far the best platform um i'm actually looking at pulling off of the other platforms because linkedin is where my people are it's where the thought leaders are who are those high level professionals and um those innovators whether they're tech companies they're solopreneurs um, but they all tend to exist on that platform so i'm just changing a little bit of my content strategy changing my outreach strategy doing more events um so that's kind of the 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 drive for 2022 is just get more of those conversations going um, i have a lot of marketing agencies connecting with me as well because they want me helping their people with the stuff that i do and then they take care of the rest which is great because <laughs> i only want to do what i'm doing and it's funny because i actually wrote out on my board the things i'm allowed to say yes to and the no board is just empty so if it doesn't fit into one of these three categories that i'm allowed to say yes to i'm not allowed to do that work i have to find someone that i hand off to and that's a huge boundary for myself because most of us are very good at saying, "Oh yeah, yeah, I can do that," and we'll figure it out. But I want to—I want—I kind of stuck my flag in the dirt and said, "This is what I'm doing," and so I'm trying to force myself to stay there with my macro and micro approach to what I'm doing. That's beautiful. Yeah, I love that because now when it gets to micro, that's where your time is spent, and that's where you're actually adding value, and those are things that they have to pay for because they have to pay attention to it as well. So that's that's really good. You mentioned LinkedIn. For me, it's been Pinterest. Oh, interesting. And Pinterest has changed completely as far as how you apply that to visual search, you know, clickable images. People like to, you know, check things out. With the new Apple iOS, you know, you can be able to take a picture and capture the text. But on Pinterest, it's been like that. You know, so Pinterest has already created that space where, like, you've been doing this for a long time and people understand the culture. On Google search, it's 23% of people, you know, click on that. So I like what you're doing with LinkedIn because LinkedIn also has a very high domain authority. When I think about SEO, which means that it's like a medium, it's like a blog article, it's like a hosting platform that you can really show your newsletter and say, this is what I think and this is my imagination with results and evaluation of course that you can test it out too and like you did it for yourself and someone said hey can you do it for me it started out with that one question you know if they didn't ask you you'd have probably been doing it for yourself till somebody else asked you but you would have still gotten there because that's where you needed to be and now with your practice and now taking it from a different scale now you can help other dentists create courses or build their brand or build their awareness in their community. So it's kind of helping economically and socially, which is empowering people to really understand. And I, I see the vision. I see the vision. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. I really want to, after this, I want to talk to you a little bit more about Pinterest because that's a very curious thing to me because it's not one of the platforms that's actually been on my radar. So. Okay. 
Definitely, we'll talk about it because it, it, it's it's beautiful. It's it's changed a lot, and some people don't understand it, but I think it's beautiful when you do because it's not so hard. But it just takes someone that really understands it to just walk you through, and then you be like, ah, okay, I know what to do because I did it in one platform. So that that whole process of learning is great, and I, I'm looking forward to connecting with you on that. You know, with LinkedIn, something that came to my mind, and this is a. The last thing I want to, you know, bring to you guys' attention so you guys also come back for more because, you know, you have to connect with Dr. Angela or Angela now so that you can be able to get all the amazing branding tips, tricks, hacks, and innovations you can be able to start doing for your business. When you think about LinkedIn and you think about structure because there's creator mode and there's the other mode and then we had fleets which was on twitter and now there were stories on linkedin which are gone and now people use carousel so it's always changing and people are like okay i had a strategy but i don't i can't use it so i want to help them out how do you think about linkedin in a way where learning is is actually the core principle because you think about linkedin learning as well now, if you're teaching people and you, they're learning through what you're doing, how can you process that for them both kind of aesthetically, auditory learning, visual learning? How can you empower them so that they don't feel left out? I always suggest just start simple because there are a million things you can be doing, but you got to figure out what fits into your schedule, what fits into your routine to actually use the platform. And just stick to something that's consistent, whether it's, you know, I'm going to put out one piece of content a week. For some people, that is like mind-blowing to actually have to put out one video a week. But if you can commit to that or one video every two weeks, just set that set that roadmap and stick to it. Make sure that you are connecting with the right people as well. Like if you want to be working with a certain demographic, like tech companies, go and find those people and start those conversations. Maybe you spend 15 minutes a day finding those people and reaching out and saying, hey, how's everything going? and then look at what is actually working. So if you have been doing a messaging strategy, you've been doing a content strategy, look at the science. Don't just go, oh, I think that worked, right? We talked about that at the beginning. You can't go by feeling, you actually have to go by the science of what's going on, and that will help you to learn. You're gonna learn by trial and error. And even with a new client, even if they have been doing something similar to what another client has been doing, and they're going after the same audience, the science of what we learn from the platform is usually completely different between those two people. So you can't go, well, this person that I admire is doing this, so I'm gonna just copy that. You can start there, but then you have to develop your own strategy based on the information you're getting from the analytics so that you can grow into exactly the chemistry that you need to be using between you and your audience and you and the algorithm as well. Oof, that's a big one they gotta take home. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Yes, I 100% agree with that because that changes everything and it now makes you more specific and you become more detailed and then those solutions become more evaluated and validated as well. That's great. Wow. Thank you so much for bringing all this information to us today. It's It's been very insightful and I think this is a wake up call for a lot of people to smell the coffee and hit the ground running and you know bootstrap their business take six months and really say okay i'm going to do something different for myself 
for my family, for my loved ones, for people who I care about. And you can see that love, you know, reciprocate really, really well when you actually help people and they say thank you. So I appreciate you for coming here today and, and just let us know any way they can connect with you, what website they can reach out to you through. And I'm sure they will definitely do that when they get a chance to. Perfect. So if you want to reach me directly, just send me an email, Angela at UnleashingInfluence.com. Website is UnleashingInfluence.com. And if you want regular tips and tricks, just pop on my LinkedIn. Um, my feed is full of videos on a weekly basis that will give you lots of information, lots of things to think about and execute on so that you can get your personal branding strategy taking off. Amazing. Wow. Thank you so much, Angela. I appreciate you and definitely look out for more check out on linkedin she's amazing there and you guys make sure you stay in touch and i look forward to connecting with you soon Take thank care. you favor you're welcome angela bye for now